0: You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The feed hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Antler Up! podcast brought to you by Tethered the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you all today. What's up everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Antler Up podcast. We're on episode 204. And on this episode, I was joined by my best friend, Jim DiAgostino. So Jim obviously lives in outside of Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Jim is a very successful hunter. He's a very successful archer and loves gear. And we wanted to bring you a quick hitter for this week, right before Christmas, just talking about some of the gear that we use this past season. Some were new, some things we are tried and true, some other things are you know what could be improved upon basically so we talked about our broadheads that we used this past year from sever to grim reaper we talked about our saddle equipment and certain saddle situations that we got into we talked about our arrow setups a little bit as well as the clothing that we wore and some other little trinkets that we use uh, either before the season during the season whatever have it so this one's all about gear we hope you enjoy this one again it's a quick one but it's our personal Use that we did so if you have any questions or would like to know a little bit more information on the pieces of equipment that we used hit us up we would love to talk to you about it but we're looking forward to the future to have a conversation i mentioned this one in the episode with jim where myself jim and our two other good friends tim and tom we're going to try to get together the four of us spend the day together and bring you a recap of our season so that's not in this episode that will be further down the line again all gear related enjoy it Also, number one, thank you for everything. Thank you for all the support that you've given me over the last four years and Jim and every Mike and all that stuff along those lines. And what we want to do is just say thank you, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you. Hopefully it's a fun, healthy one for you coming up. we got some cool things coming down the line. And again, thank you so much for your support. If you like what you hear, share it with friends, give it a five-star review. Whatever you feel like doing, and type something in as well. It helps us out tremendously. So looking forward to speaking with some of you And in the future. Thanks again, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Enjoy it with some loved ones. We'll see you next week. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail tail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet, built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bowstrings. Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at SpartanForge.ai. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm joined on the other line by my best bud, Jim DiAgostino. He is now changing his name from Keystone Precision Archery Handle on Instagram to uh, Jim the Gunsmith Precision Gunsmith uh guy (laughs) which we'll we'll get into that on another podcast this one is a little bit different but jim man it's it's awesome to catch up we talk literally every day multiple times a day but it's always fun when we hit that record button so uh welcome back dude
1: for sure man thanks for having me i I was gonna say it seems to be the trend you know like with uh how things have been going i I can't seem to get it done with the bow. I'd pass up on a lot of good bucks, and then all of a sudden, like gun season comes around, and they they want to come closer. <laughs> yeah, funny, funny how it all plays out.
0: I know. Well, we're going to try to plan a really awesome day where the two of us, along with our buddies Tom and Tim, uh, we get together, do some type of either just little cookout and just hang out kind of have a guy's day and then hit that record button that's like our that's our goal for this uh this new year for sure to have the four of us get together good friends just sharing each other's company having a good time and then sharing our, our recap of our seasons basically so that's that's the plan for that but uh for for this episode what we wanted to do is obviously it's it's winding down to the new year it's, it's about to happen as far as Late season will be rolling in, and and I know some of you are going to be going after that, and uh, w- w- we might maybe touch upon that a little bit just when it gets to certain gear. But we want Jim and I wanted to break down kind of the pieces of gear that stood out maybe to us a little bit. It's going to be a quicker episode. We might not not dive down in, into certain topics and and along those lines. We just wanted to let you all know what we used, what we liked, and and what we enjoyed, and maybe you had the similar experience with it maybe it was a piece of gear you wanted to potentially try out in the future so hopefully we could uh give you some feedback and 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 have some fun with it but jim before we do that though obviously christmas is right around the corner man are are you guys ready for it
1: <laughs> as ready as we can be man i uh yeah i sent you picture yesterday of like some of the stuff that my wife's uh getting for christmas and uh She's, I mean, she knows about most of it just because like I had to make sure certain things were, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty pricey, but she's, my wife's been getting into photography uh, on the side and uh, something she's pursuing pretty heavily as, as one of her passions. So um, she's just gotten upgraded to new camera equipment um, and I'm pretty pumped for it because not only is she going to, you know, expand her horizons with that, but it's going to so hopefully benefit the antler up crew here where uh, she can come out and kind of take some pictures of us and uh, help with some content.
0: <laughs> I know, man, that's awesome. I, w- when you sent me that, I was like, oh man, that's one, that's a phenomenal camera. I mean, that's on par with, with the, uh, the Sony a seven Ford that I have. I mean, that is, it's uh, basically yeah. Canon's model of that, which is fantastic. And man, yeah. I, I just, dude, it's awesome. I think it's important that our, our significant others also have a passion you know, as we have our own when it comes to the hunting aspect of things. And and that passion could be just being the best mom. They could be and the best wife, whatever it be, but it's also good for them to be able to get out and, and do something fun and, and go down rabbit holes themselves.
1: A hundred percent, dude. I mean, there's gotta be that balance. I mean, I've been, it's been fun to watch her kind of geek out on camera gear and like, uh, just the way you and I geek out on archery and hunting gear and, watching her just kind of start from scratch, like, like we did way back. And it's just, uh, it's, it's been fun to watch her kind of, you know, blossom her own like little flower there, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and like I said, it's going to be fun. It'll be something that it, it combines our two hobbies together, which is also really important. So we could spend a little extra time together and, uh, it's just going to be great for the future. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I'm looking forward to it because, you know, like you said, it could help us out and, and, when we do like the montage mountain shoot this year, she could follow us around and we could have fun with it, man. Like we could just go and shoot and she could just see how totally nuts we
1: absolutely are. We've never had a a, a 3d shoot that you and I have done that where we could just like shoot and not try to provide content. I mean, content is part of like what we need to do in order to, you know, keep everybody up to date with what's going on. And like, kind of, we enjoy doing it too, but there's just something to be said for, getting out there and like just enjoying what you're doing and not thinking about it you know yeah
0: absolutely i know and what about adam what, what's he getting from santa
1: uh so he, he he's three years old so he's was on one of those like strider bikes for the last three years um and he's officially outgrown it so he's getting his first pedal bike nice so uh, that's like his big present um miscellaneous other things for like clothing and some other little gadgets and toys and stuff to keep him occupied but the big gift is going to be his bike he's pretty pumped about it that's awesome i mean i shouldn't say he's pumped about it. he doesn't know about it but i i mean we he did ask santa for a, a green bike is what he asked for so
0: <laughs> specifically a green bike so yeah that's awesome so. oh man that's good yeah. yeah, that's well i mean at that age too man there's so many things that you could get them and they're like oh this is awesome and then five minutes later they're done with it it's just it goes by so fast and the bike will just keep on giving so that that you can't go wrong with a bike and big items like that
1: 100 percent. what about you man let's flip the script on you are you guys ready for christmas
0: well uh i yes so as far as christmas goes we're ready as far as like what potentially curveball we could get uh not so much (laughs) I mean, I, I guess we're, you know, we're ready for it, but it's just a matter of when it happens, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So really haven't shared it. I may, maybe touched upon it and hinted at it, but my wife and I, we are expecting uh, another child here in the, by her due date is the new year, which, you know, long story short, Nora, my daughter, she's nine. And we never thought we were going to be able to have another one, which, you know, you kind of close that chapter door and, and move on and, you think this is life as you know it? And last spring, you know, we got we got uh, the news. So you know, it's a blessing, and we're we're excited to embark on this journey. Uh, I'm, I Jim will probably end up receiving all my archery equipment since uh, I'll be done hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, but that's just a joke. But now that we um, well, we are excited. So with it being the new year, uh, potentially happening as far as you know the due date. She's man, my wife is ready. Heather is just absolutely ready. So we're recording this on on Sunday the seventeenth, and you know we have everything as far as the uh, the plan of attack goes. But you know, it, again, it it could potentially just happen at any point. Yeah, dude,
1: your your guys are nine years retired, so this is like a like starting fresh again. You know?
0: Do you you <laughs> sent me that one? You sent me that reel on Instagram that time, and I just like
1: died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with like the the no sleep and all that stuff. Uh, it's all part of it. I know
0: we'll be all right. You know, like you said, yeah. man. Oh, dude. I mean, you were the first person I called when we found out that day, and I was shitting bricks. I mean, yeah. I was, I, I, it was funny. Well, you
1: guys, yeah. You guys, you guys didn't think that you were going to be able to. Have, you were told basically that you weren't going to be able Correct. to have kids, you know, again. And boom, it's just like this little miracle comes and like totally blindsides everybody. And it was like, just, just unbelievable. So it's, it's, it's understandable that you were nervous and not, not sure that, you know, you mean it's been nine years since you had one, and, but it's all going to, it's all playing itself out perfectly. You couldn't ask for a, honestly a better Christmas miracle.
0: No, no doubt about it, man. And and at all times, you know, what's been awesome is just the support that my family has given me. I mean, from everybody, but more so my immediate family, meaning my wife and my daughter, as far as just, you know, I just remember you calming me down and, and some other individuals calming me down a little bit and just kind of looking at things. And obviously I got super excited. And the minute that I was like, I was excited. I just remember seeing the, the transition and how Heather was now more yeah. excited. You know what I mean? And yeah. that, yeah. that kind of put everybody at ease a little bit. And I told her, I said, listen, uh, Jim and I were, we're kind of, we're doing our thing with antler up and, we're not going to let this slow it down, basically. And she just was like, no, why would it? And let's embark on this. Let's go for it and go from there. So I'm excited, man. I Like I said, originally I was just slapped upside the head with a two-by-four, <laughs> it felt like. But now yeah. I'm I'm super pumped. It's another girl, so girl dad. And I'll tell you what, man. I know you with Adam, uh, you, you got your boy. But knowing like nine years of what I did, Oh my gosh, I just don't know. You know, you were like, "Dude, you might be able to get that boy." And I was I was stoked. And I remember how that kind of was like, "Okay, yeah, I I potentially can. Like that's awesome." And then as we got to the point in time where Heather was about to find out, I remember just being like, "Dude, I don't know if I can handle a boy." And <laughs> and once it was a girl, I was super thrilled cuz like, "I've done this before. It's easy. Here we go." <laughs> you know
1: yeah but,
0: yeah all right well you
1: just need, you just you just needed that initial shock to wear off yeah and, yeah you know and you told like i said your your guys had already planned your lifestyles around not being able to have another one so it's like crazy that it all just it's just crazy how it all went down but yeah. super pumped for you guys
0: I appreciate it man I appreciate your support I appreciate your your calmness to to get me through that one that that's for dang sure
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so all right, let's let's transi- transition into our gear talk, man. So a couple, you know, I, I wrote down a couple items for just a for talking point. And, you know, w- one of them, I think we're in the same ballpark with as far as broadheads go. And I know that, I, you know, when we could c- kind of start it with that. So this year, man, the last couple of years, just to kind of give a rundown, I shot a quiver full of ver- a variety. It wasn't anything that was tried and true. The unfortunate part, and I've said this before, I didn't have a lot of practice with letting testing-wise go, right? I, did, I was like, okay, maybe this one would be the one. And last year I didn't get get a chance to even draw. Well, I drew my bow back, but not a chance to, to let an arrow fly. Where this year I really had two main broadheads that I used on the deer that I shot. And that they were the Grim Reaper mini mag which is a four blade mechanical and then I also used went back to the tried and true the 1.75 sever so that is a new um, I guess you could say size cut for them this year but I did use the 2.0s in the past and always had great success with them so it was kind of like why did I get away from that and and trust me I liked the annihilator broadhead that was the fixed blade I tried sharpening sharpen them I like the uh, VPA one. I didn't get a chance to kill those. So as far as like fixed blade goes, and this isn't an argument of, you know, fixed or mechanical, man, I just always had great success with mechanicals. And that's what I wanted to have in the the quiver this year. Nate Sellers down at Average Jack Archery sells Grim Reapers. And he, he killed a bunch of deer with them. And he's like, dude, try them out. So those mini mags, I really like, it's not a enormous obnoxious type head dude, the, between those and the sever, they flew perfect. They both got the job done within, you know, 40, 50 yards of of a blood trail. Blood trails were fantastic pass-throughs on all deer basically. So, I mean, can't, can't complain as far as my broadheads were concerned.
1: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, over the last couple of years, uh, I've shot from rages to, uh, muzzy trocars, a lot of old school tried and true broadheads that, you know, Thousands of us out there have shot and liked or disliked, uh, depending on the application. But um, I decided to go with the um, the Sever 1.75s uh, this year, and I'm super happy, super super happy with them. I, my favorite part was that you know they have that system where they could um, you could put that lock screw in, mm-hmm. so you could actually shoot the, the same broadhead for practice, which I think is huge because there's there's I mean it, it, it call me crazy, but there's slight variations between the practice tips that you get with some of these broadhead companies and the actual physical broadhead that you're going to use. And, uh, I like the fact that you could use that exact broadhead. Once you're done, um, you could take the blades and sharpen them up and uh, reinstall them super easy. Um, and I, I just love, I love the flight. I mean, for me, broadheads have to just be accurate and forgiving. And to me, that's what they are. And we can go on for days. And, and there's some thousands of YouTube videos out there, uh, dissecting all the little, uh, pieces of broadheads and and penetrations and all those sorts of things but um honestly with uh my archery equipment and with proper shot placement i've not knock on wood not had it not ever had a uh, not had a um pass through on uh mechanical broadhead yeah and super super fortunate for that but also i think a lot of that comes down to the accuracy part like i said um i'm okay I, I, my goal is obviously to pass through every time but as long as i'm penetrating to where i'm that arrow is at least buried you know you know 18 plus inches that's that's going to kill the deer and that's basically you know and you want to open up the hole as big as possible so that's why i'm a big advocate for mechanicals um and the, and their their flight i think their flight is um second to none uh, these are these were by far the most accurate products i've ever shot yeah and uh just been super pumped if, if i had to say any kind of critique for it at all um which everyone needs to know the negatives too it's not just all positive talk. the only negative i would find with these would be um the o-ring mm-hmm. um i think the o-ring they can get away from that I, i'd like to see them go more towards like like um rage has those uh no collars yep. where they can kind of just push it and click it into place something along those lines i'd like to see them go that route just because i had a couple of uh, instances this year where I was hunting on the ground and kind of stalking and I would pop that broadhead loose and I'd have to put a new O-ring on or switch the arrow out quick in the field. And, uh, it just, uh, wasn't completely ideal, but right. the same token I, I shot a doe this year. I, I decided this, like, you know, out to 60 yards, those, these arrows are just stacking on top of each other with those broadheads. So I was comfortable at pretty, you know, uh, long range. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'd sucked a doe this year from the ground just over 40 yards and took a perfect quarter away shot and it passed through her. No problem. She ran 30 yards and piled up in the field. And it, it just, I, I was super happy with the penetration, with the, the opening, the, the entry and exit, the, the blood trail, the accuracy, everything was just, you know, everything you, you draw it up to be. So
0: yeah. Well, and you that's, definitely
1: see those in my quiver.
0: Yeah, dude. And, and like, so you took a 40 yard shot quartering away on the ground got a pass through two big open holes. She died within seconds and it blows my mind. Like when I do see certain people shoot a mechanical and they're like 15 yards away and they're not getting a pass through. Like, I don't understand that stuff. And I, I like, I just don't.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess some of it is like, you know, bad luck maybe hitting some sort of bone or something, but I think a lot of it is like either lack of poundage lack of draw length. There's a lack of power there somehow maybe their arrows too light. Um, there's, there's many factors that can play into that, but I think if you are your, arrow, your bow and arrow setup, your complete tune is, is what it should be. And your arrow weight is matching. Um, you know, you're, you're getting the speed and weight combination that you should be. I feel like every arrow has an has the opportunity to pass through. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what, it, cause I mean, when you looked at it, and I've said this before, like my my elite era it's not a fast bow right like it, I and it is a 70 pound bow but it's it has that what six and three quarter inch brace height and mm-hmm. my arrow weight was about 460 465 so it, it's kind of that nice moderate uh weight and man every like i said dude every deer i just got that pass through and i was just super ex- uh, impressed with like I said, the sever. So, like we've like we said, so the sever you had experience with, I had experience with. Obviously, you did not shoot the Grim Re- Re- Reapers. I did this year. The one aspect, like you said, the the downfall as far as the sever's goes with that ring, the Grim Reapers don't have that. Those blades do kind of just click in, and they have that you know as soon as it's a uh, force on contact, they're opening up, and they're opening up like right. a nice little you know you know you got that big slice with the sever with the grim reapers you don't you almost get like that four blade uh fixed blade open hole but then on that that exit wound that's where that sucker just shined i i mean that that first doe that i shot with it which was the one here on public land in pennsylvania it was raining out that, that morning, so, like, the ground was a little wet. I heard her crash. I knew I kind of, like, walked right to her. If I didn't hear, or I'm sorry, if I did not even pick up any blood trail, I knew where she crashed, basically. Not seeing her, but hearing. So I was walking in that direction, and right away when I, the arrow was stuck in the ground, dude, like, I don't know, 10 inches, like half of my arrow was basically in the ground, so more than that. And, boom, there was blood there. And then it, it, it was a good, good bit. Uh, so you got to figure, so this is still early October. A lot of, a lot of brush and everything is still on the ground and, and all that stuff. So as I'm walking, she just opens up and then boom, when she piled up, man, I mean, blood was just everywhere. It was awesome. Like I was super impressed, killed the other doe on film that I have with the grim reaper. And then I killed my buck with the sever and I killed that other doe right before him with the sever. So, Killed, killed more deer this year with the Sever, but I was uber impressed with the Grim Reapers for sure. I kind of like a little mosh posh for those two to be in my quiver uh, in the future, no doubt about it. Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on Earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from one being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com mm-hmm.
1: yeah dude you you certainly stacked them up they without if anyone has doubts on these broadheads they need to go uh yeah. check out your youtube video and uh and just see your post with i mean would you would you stack up five deer with them
0: five deer yep with again <laughs> you know three three with the sever two with the grim reaper
1: yep so yeah, I like it. It's, proof is proof, proof is in the pudding, my man.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know I'm I'm pumped that you were able to to let one loose with with, with with the archery equipment this year. I know you got your buck with the gun, but I mean, like you said, nice forty yard shot. You put in a lot of time with that, and so with arrows, you you don't kind of sh- veer off when it comes to arrows. You're you're using your east Ends, You're using your. Did you use the access this year for for archery, or did you I use did. your? I, okay. I mean, uh,
1: Everyone that knows me knows I just go either access or Full Metal Jacket, depending on what I'm hunting um, and where I'm hunting. I like a little more, if I'm, you know, when I'm hunting a lot of ag country, I like a little lighter arrow, a little more speed, a little more distance, um, just because you're taking some shots where these deer are kind of uh, a little bit more alert and you're some in some open areas so you can kind of reach out and touch them a little bit. Yep. Um, when I'm in, you know, kind of some, you know, dense hardwoods or some more public land type areas, um, I sometimes veer towards the full metal jack because I know my shots are going to be you know 25 yards and under and they're going to be right you know they're going to be on top of me and I want to be and they're going to get some shots where it's not ideal they're going to be facing you they're going to be hard quartering to hard quartering away all those different things and I won't have the confidence that I could you know blow through bone right. with with my setup I mean between the speed poundage and arrows that I that I had set up for the different applications I I, uh, I have full confidence in taking some shots that aren't Exactly. Perfect. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. That's. <laughs> I agree totally, and that's why I kind of like went with that that medium weighted arrow. Uh, I was I have this year I shot all deer with the Exodus NIS arrows from from Exodus, and I mean I was using the MMTs all summer because they didn't release the NIS up until that point, and once I got the five millimeter NIS arrows in, I kind of retuned my bows to those uh, arrows and. And I, I was impressed. I was running that stainless steel at, like half out, which I really like. I'm a big proponent of that. That's what I would even run on my older Easton uh, access arrows as well. So nothing was kind of like, a, so to me, it, it was like a seamless transition. They were just a little bit lighter. And which for me, I was okay with just because again, my bow wasn't a screaming fast bow, right? So I wanted to have something that was that happy medium of powerful, accurate, and I'm not sacrificing a crap ton of speed because I'm shooting a 515 grain, either FMJ or a 505 grain Eastern access. Right. So having that be that 40 grain, a little bit lighter than that, that's where I kind of wanted that little bit of a sweet spot. And man, I, I was really impressed with them. Each arrow other than one. So four of the five deer that I shot, man, I could still use those arrows, which is awesome. I mean, check them over, spine, you know, all that stuff. They're still spinning true. So I didn't have to lose those. And to build on the arrows to to kind of tack upon that. Well, first when you do that, building them from the Exodus website is super easy. So like for me, the situation that I had this summer, obviously getting the house ready. I did a lot of house projects. So the tinkering and doing all that type of stuff, I didn't spend a lot of time doing that. So that was nice just to go on the Exodus website, order them. The guys over there, Chad, Cam and everybody, they would make them up, send them to me. So that was super super nice. And obviously people that have used the the code, very appreciative of, of that, helping support the the podcast. But to the other little knock to that, like not in a bad way, the knock that I was using this year was a lighted knock from Halo. So that's a company based out in Texas. Dude, they are so much better than any other lighted knock that I've used in the past. The halo lighted knock are freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, dude. Do you think they make them to fit my FMJs and access?
0: Oh yeah. So let me, I'm pulling them up right now. The halo knocks. So they I gotta ha-
1: check those out. Cause you, you, you raved about them all season. Yeah. Long. I, I would, never got a chance to see them in person.
0: Yeah. I really like them. I mean, they, they make them in a micro they also make them, so like if you are shooting like the 4 millimeter, like the real small ones, that you have that capability. And also they have a kind of like the universal fit. So micro fits anything from 165 to 166. The Then the standard one is a multi-fit package with bushing adapters to fit most common arrows, 204, 233, 244 to 246. So the really nice thing is they're they're shipped ready to just plug right into a two two Oh four. So anything in the five millimeter thing and the shutoff is easy. Like I said, they're built there. They just seem to be more tougher. Like they're just, they're built a little bit more sturdier than I think anything has I've tried before. I just saw actually a video the other day that MFJJ he built his Matthews lift 29 and a half that he went to go hunt with. And he actually mentioned he uses the pink ones, and he he was like I had one maybe little light that kind of failed on him or something along those lines. He goes, but other than that, I can't speak more highly of them. So that was kind of cool to hear. Someone that is obviously owns a bow shop, does this for a living, kind of backs them. So yeah, the the Halo Knock, I think it's called Double Take Archery LLC is their is the name of the company. But Halo Knocks, man, dude, if you're not if you use any sort of lighted knock or you like to definitely check those out compared to what, uh, other brands are out there.
1: This was the first year that I actually didn't use lighted knocks because I didn't have any trust in yep. some of the ones that I've tried over the past. And, uh, I just had a lot of inconsistencies. Um, and I just didn't feel confident. So I just, I went away from this year yep. and, uh, I'd like to get back to them because they're, they have their place and I think they're super valuable in certain applications. So, um, yeah, dude, I'll be checking those out for
0: sure. Yeah, I think, I think for sure. Um, and then the other kind of big piece that I hunted out of, so obviously you talked about it in the, in the spring of what I, in the summer, what I was going to be doing this year, and that was going to be repelling down the tree, like still using all my three to four sticks that I was going to use to get up the tree, but then going to be using my mad rock to repel down dude i found that to be super easy i didn't find it to be cumbersome at all so that's another thing that i would really look into if you are saddle hunting or doing anything along those lines again i don't care what saddle you're using obviously we use tethered that's what we've always used from the beginning and, and obviously we'll continue to, to do so the best we can uh, and i hunted out of the lockdown this year and for being a a Individual that repels down the tree gym. The, granted, that roll up pouch is really sweet. It, don't get me wrong. I, I think that's a great piece of equipment that Tethered sells. But this lockdown, having those pouches as big as they are, one hand uh, maneuverability to be able to open and close those pockets, dude, that stuffed everything that I needed. And I was kind of like looking at it like, oh, you could use this lockdown towards like later in the season just because it's a it is a lot bigger compared to that low drag you know grill quick of the of the phantom but man i'll tell you what for quick hunts like the certain hunts that you were doing after work this year and or just a quick in and out type of hunt that if you have a pre-hung setup basically oh my gosh dude you could bring everything that you would need just in your saddle and you could just go in with your bow in hand and
1: go That's the key, man, is just being efficient. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because that was my biggest, I think, gear upgrade this year was everything I did to my saddle. Yeah. Um, And uh, so for anybody out there that's kind of looking to customize their own saddle or to maybe uh, um, if they're super happy with their current Phantoms or whatever, you know, tethered or or non-tethered product you have, um, and you're not really in the market to purchase a whole new setup like the Lockdown, you can build something very similar. Now, it won't be, it's going to be, it's not going to be exactly the same, but you can build something close to it. And I outfitted mine with um, a bunch of marsupial gear pouches. The reason why I chose marsupial gear is because everything that they build is built to go into like the Molly type stitching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, they're built, it's all made in the USA, um, it's all handcrafted, super durable materials. It's just uh, the top of the line. They look good, they, they're quiet their functionality, everything about their product. I, I can't say, I can't speak highly enough. Um, but to start from top to bottom, I did, I went with the modular yoke um, straps, which is, you can find that on the Marshall Field Gear website, just type in modular yoke. I think it was like 50 bucks or 55 bucks. And uh, that right there kind of plays off of like the way the lockdown has their stitched in uh, shoulder straps to kind of keep everything tied on to you nice, nice and firm. You don't have to worry about your if – if you undo your buckle on your saddle, you don't have to worry about it falling to your feet. Um, if you carry extra weight, like I do, I kind of make my entire pack into, like, a do-it-all, like, work belt. Mm-hmm. And this right here was, like, a total game-changer. Um,
0: game-changer.
1: <laughs> game-changer. And then uh, from there, I went down to uh, – and I, I picked off their website. Um, I can't remember the exact names of the pouches. But they Are they the shotgun shell on ones?
0: Are they the shotgun shell ones?
1: So I did try the shotgun shell one at first, but then I I it was a shade too bulky, so I ended up using a shotgun pouch on my pack mm-hmm. as a separate um additional add on pouch. And I went with one of their um it's one of their little side pouches that they use for like the uh um uh, like their their upland like vest type belt. Yep. Um it's one of the pouches off of that, so two of those. I put one on each side and then you'll see if those of you that know or can Google like the, the tethered lockdown, how uh, that has the two pouches on either side. I did that exact thing, but with the with marsupial pouch. And then I added, um, there's sunglass case pouch, which is like, um, just a quick magnetic flip lid and it has the same kind of Molly attachment. I put that in the, on the back side of my, uh, saddle because I like the one hand free, no zipper, and I actually use that for my bow rope, and it fits it perfectly. Oh, nice! Super quiet, super fast, and everything uh, matches. Like not, you know, looks are. If looks could kill, this would uh, this would be a killer. But <laughs> I, I was super happy with the fact that everything kind of matched. Also, but in addition to that, the functionality was just it's been rock solid. I mean, I couldn't be more happy. I, I put a lot of weight in on my saddle. I carry a lot of stuff. I, I try to carry as minimal as possible, but. Everything I do carry seems to be in one unit, which I like. Yep. Um, the next thing I'd like to add to it for next year is going to be on that uh, modular yoke strap that I did. I want to add the bino attachments to that so I can just put my bino pack direct on one. So I literally am going to have my saddle is going to be a do-everything unit. And then uh, basically my backpack would just be like um, a large, you know, for luncheon and for large items, water, and for pack outs, so that's basically all my pack's going to be used for at that point. Yeah.
0: So I think the one the you had the padded belt pouches. Would that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's okay. the one. Yeah. I knew that they were built for like that the belt unit they have. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Yep. Yeah. Nice.
0: And then the last kind of pieces of, of newer things that we used for this upcoming year or this past year was like a little bit. You added a little bit of different first light clothing. I added some uh, a whole new system basically with Huntworth. Uh, which is based out of Pennsylvania out, out in Pittsburgh. And uh, again, good buddy, Nate Sellers, average Jack, he's working for them, doing a bunch of cool things for them. And so it was kind of cool to, uh, you know, work with him on, on certain things when it came to hunt worth. And man, I, I know, again, I know you haven't had a chance. So this is kind of like even me telling you about like my experience with it and for wearing sicko over the last couple of years. And Nate and I, we did record a podcast, so that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And we dived, deep into that uh aspect of things a little bit as well but i made a video of kind of like what i wore early season Uh, i would basically say pretty much all my hunts in in october Uh, and i was a big fan of of their uh, durham pants which is kind of like a lightweight pant they're almost like a everyday pant but they have like some really cool uh like just so different pieces of of like reinforced knees and on, on your butt. So that way it's a little bit of abrasion-resistant material, which was kind of cool, which I liked. Obviously, me being saddle hunter, I'm a more of a sitter. That's why that lockdown for me, uh, I really found that comfortable because I do sit more. So having the the reinforced knees on, on these pants were awesome, uh, which I talked about in the uh, that video that I made over on our YouTube channel. But some of the pieces of gear that I didn't cover in that video that I used – in Ohio was the Saskatoon stuff, so that is the their heat boost stuff, Jim, where it has a different uh, lining to it, which it keeps you a little bit more warm. It kind of has like properties where um, it's just you know it, it has uh Sherpa in it, uh, and I, I dude, I was really impressed. It if for the amount of money that Huntworth is like you are getting when when Nate Nate says it best, you're getting like eighty percent of that top of the line brand. As far as, you know, first light, sick it goes at literally a fraction of that price. Like to me, like out of the gate, dude, you could buy this Saskatoon jacket for, I don't know, like $200. It's literally 199 And you're getting a, a windproof uh, rain, you know, like waterproof, a windproof, water resistant type jacket for 200 bucks. Like you can't beat that in my eyes. Um, yeah. you, you know, depending for the, for and Yeah, and everybody's different, right?
1: Yep, exactly.
0: You know, and, and, uh, the other piece too, that I found awesome was their Grayland hoodie, which is also a heat boost thing. So it's kind of more of a heavyweight soft shell hoodie. Uh, that thing was dynamite, uh, that I really enjoyed the the, those two pieces right there, the Saskatoon and the Grayland hoodie, you combine those two I've, with a great base layer. You're it kind of, that re, that would replace your solitude kit from first light.
1: Yeah. I was going to say um, anybody that's kind of looking to upgrade their equipment uh, as far as their clothing and um, you know, we're kind of had their eye on some first light sick stuff and maybe don't quite have the budget or yeah. you just can't really, spending that kind of money, although in my opinions and our experiences, it's definitely worth it. I mean, definitely don't look past Worth. I mean, you're getting that same kind of quality look and feel for a fraction of the cost. And I think that that's something that uh, people maybe are overlooking just because they're not, you know, they don't have that, that super marketed name brand yet, but they're definitely at the same quality. Oh, yeah.
0: And th- the thing about clothing too, man, it, it depends on what your like obviously, camo pattern is not going to kill the deer, right? We all know that, all that stuff. But the one thing that certain pieces of gear are going to do for you is keep you out there longer, and that is obviously the number one. F- and that was—I'm not going to lie, Jim. Like you and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test it out. I'm gonna see how it goes," and I had zero issues with it. And again, depending on what an individual's budget is, what your hunting goals are, how long are you out in the out hunting, how many days, right? That all plays a role. You know what I mean? Like we hunt a lot or we try to hunt a lot. So we want our gear to last multiple years where we don't have to buy things every year, every two years type of ordeal. So that's what I'm happy with, with Huntworth so far. The gear lasted. I put it through the ringer. I really enjoy it. Uh, looks great too. I like that tarnin. It kind of fits the bill as far as Pennsylvania woods go from early season to late season, which I love. Uh, you know, I, again, I thought first light specter was friggin' awesome. Uh, you could wear that also, it seems like no matter the time of year in, in Pennsylvania as well. So, and you got a couple new pieces from first light, which ones did you really like this past year?
1: Um, well, the rain jacket for one okay. uh, that came in handy several times. Um, that guide light rain jacket, super, super nice, super light, super packable, it packs down to like the size of a baseball, um, so that's just something that I'm always, it's always going to be stuffed that I pack somewhere. Um, that pulled me out of a couple of jams. I mean, you know, I was in some, you know, if everybody uh, listening to this was uh, hunting in Pennsylvania, specifically in October, they're in a boat season. They know pretty much every Friday, it was like a monsoon. <laughs> so, uh, and I tried to get out there as much as I could, just, you know, just for the sake of uh, capitalizing. But um, yeah, rain was definitely a factor. So that was the, probably the, my favorite piece of gear that I added. Um, and then those, the, the pant, the padded, the knee padded pants, um, I ended up buying two pairs of those. I can't, do you remember exactly what the Um, name of those are?
0: Those were the obsidian. Um, let me see. Was
1: it obsidian foundry pant? I think so. Yes. Yes.
0: They were the corrugate, corrugate
1: foundry pant. Corrugate foundry pant. That's it. And, uh, so those are super durable they have the, the long zipper that goes from like your your waist all the way down to your knee so if you need to dump heat um in know and quickly you just zip those open boom good to go uh, so the ventilation was phenomenal the, the the durability was great you know early season especially a lot of the areas i hunt there's tons of briars and 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 really thick gnarly terrain that you're going through and i'm constantly Um, you know ripping those ripping pants and going through you know knees and stuff and different pieces of clothing and these right here were held up great Um, the added accessory with the the knee pads that they come with which you could put in or take out um, they were awesome for saddle hunting for obvious reasons and uh, it just was another one of those pieces of gear that kept me in the saddle longer and I couldn't be happier Um, and then going into the gun season I ended up I, I loved the pants so much I saw you know, if I just layered my system correctly, I could use them for the gun, system, gun season, and I did that exact same thing, and I love the knee pads for that also, because even when we were doing some deer drives, you know, sometimes you, you get down on knees to kind of get your pack and get some, you know, gear or food or whatever, or you're kind of taking a knee to, like, you know, uh, anchor up on a tree to get a shot or what have you. It just was very, it's nice not to put your knee into uh, uh, some rocks and stuff or and to keep yourself uh, dry. You know, that's the other thing. They they padded the, the knees and the the butt area with extra padding and uh water resistant material to keep you dry. So yeah, between those and the uh rain jacket, those are the two big upgrades.
0: Nice. Yeah, can't go wrong with, with having a, some sort of rain jacket, uh, especially here in Pennsylvania. It's just so funny just to see what the last couple of years, what we go through. It's either a monsoon. It's either frigging 100 degrees. It's just, it never, it's so crazy how year after year our weather just
1: changes. Yep. Um, nice. We also, one thing I wanted to mention too is you and I uh, did a lot of preseason scouting with spotting scopes oh, yeah. this year. Yep. Uh, we didn't, uh, that's something that, you know, we've always used binos and things before, but we've never really invested in the spotting scope stuff. Um, so maybe we're late to the game on that, but that was super awesome. Um, I went with the Diamondback HD, got the HD glass in it, 16 to 48 by 65. Um, it's it's kind of big, kind of bulky, but it's uh, super reliable, um, super happy with it. I got the nice Vortex tripod with it and uh, the window attachment. So between those, glassing from the truck, glassing in the field you uh, for those of you that follow us on instagram you see a lot of those preseason videos mm-hmm. posted those were all you know from various hunting uh scouting trips so
0: yeah I, and I i know
1: you went you went with a vortex also
0: yeah i went with that that vortex the smaller one uh, that's the one that i went with and dude game changer uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man that dude's so funny but no it Are you looking to improve your hunts? Well, look no further than using Trophy Tracks. A hunter's journal enables hunters to maintain a record of hunting information in real time or post-hunt, including the date, time, location, and weather conditions. By using Trophy Tracks and integrating trail cam pictures, hunters can identify patterns in animal activity over time, helping them predict the best hunting opportunities utilizing trophy tracks hunters can keep an unlimited number of journal entries ranging from scouting trips to live hunt records preserving each of their hunting experiences and check it out over at TrophyTracks.com. was it was a nice little helpful tool just because for me with teaching certain days after work or something along those lines, like before the season, I would go and and just throw that up on, on, like you said, on my window. I had that attachment that I bought too with it where I would be able to just kind of glass out as, as far as I could, you know, get out there and reach with it. That was a nice little helpful tool that I I'm really happy that I have, because now also for a trip out West, that new smaller one, man. Oh my gosh. It is just perfect. Uh, like that's the one where I would for sure bring out uh, out west if I ever did a western hunt.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I'm a little bit jealous I maybe should have waited and got that one only for the packability. It's lighter, it's more compact, It's just uh the packability on that one definitely seems a lot more enticing. Yeah. Um and then I paired I paired my Vortex with a MagView. Oh yeah, you uh, did. Like scopes with cover, so that gave me some really good footage. Um, not only for the gram, but also for just being able to like record and keep like some documentation for some of these deer that we're kind of keeping an eye on. Right. It's nice to have really good high-quality high, high quality video to kind of really depict what deer is what. Um, so that was fun.
0: I like that we have it too now for like just shooting our bows with. Because, like, you know, I just love those archery arrow flights on that.
1: Oh, my God, it's the best. <laughs> And we like to shoot. We like to reach out and touch them. So we'll back up, you know, eighty, ninety, hundred plus yards, and it's nice to not have to like run down there all the time to see like where we're hitting. We could shoot a pile of arrows and just kind of, kind of watch. And um, it's uh, yeah, so I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one.
0: Anything else that you tried?
1: Um, I'm trying to think, I don't think that I added anything else major. No, I don't to think the, so either. To, to the arsenal oh uh on my bow at the hha tetra rise site that, that that was new for this year for me for my hunting bow. yeah um i have their uh i have the tetra max for my 3d setup paired with an ultra view scope housing but my hunting setup i didn't i wanted that i wanted to have that two pin and, and when it came out with the rise it was like a no-brainer i was like had to have it Um, with the arrow speed combination that I'm getting out of my bow, um, that my, my pins are perfectly 20 and 40. So you gap shoot for 30. So I get my 20, 30, 40 with never having to move my wheel and, uh, I could not be happier with that.
0: Dude, that is huge.
1: Yeah. For the whitetail woods, you can't ask for a better setup. No, no, nothing beats that.
0: I like it, man. I mean, top of my head, I think that's really the, the main gist too, for, for me, Nothing out of the ordinary. Now we're going to be getting ready for uh, you're you're still healing up from a nice little health little procedure that you had done, and so you'll be you'll yeah. be you'll be shooting here anytime now and getting ready for for the spring and along those lines. And you know our 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 big thing this summer is going to be that montage mountain shoot again. We're going to shoot that for at least two days. You did two days last year, just because we shot one day, then you shot with another buddy. The next day but <clears throat> dude what a blast that was we talked a little bit about that one we're we'll have the guy on on the podcast here and one uh, this spring just to kind of talk a little bit about it how that's going for him and what we could expect this year this year it's not in june it's in may so it's before the total archery challenge here in pennsylvania what, what's our plan for that what do you think we're going to be able to get out out there for for this year now again I think if we do, it'll be one of those uh, earlier days. What's our plan for that one? What are you thinking, dude?
1: My gut tells me that we should try it just because we took a year off. Yeah. And supposedly rumors are having that they're going to make it some big changes, and I'd like to see kind of what that's going to be. Yeah. Um, It's always been fun, but once you do it you know, four or five times, four or five years, it's kind of like you're kind of looking for a little bit of change in the courses, a little bit more change. And, you know, some of these resorts only have so much capability to, so, so it's not the fault of Total so archery challenge. You're kind of limited with the properties that they're, that they have, but uh, you know um, just some different targets, different looks on things, uh, maybe different uh, vendor setup. I don't know what they're going to change, but it'd be kind of neat to, to, to get back after it and maybe just shoot it for one day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on
1: that. Um one. I I will I will say though that Montage Mountain was by far my favorite shoot of the year. Yes. Um after all even after all the total archery challenges you and I did just our first time shooting that one, that they, they did a phenomenal job with the setup of the cor- the setup of the courses, the, the types of targets they were using, both the difficulty but like not making it completely impossible so you don't have to expect to go there and blow up a whole dozen arrows. Right. Um you know, it's just uh was fun for all. It was definitely, yeah. definitely recommended.
0: Yeah, I I still think back how bad I won that one shot on the. It was on the first course that we did. Remember that one really tight whitetail, and it had like the the shade, and it was right up against that big tree. And it, like the scoring, yeah. it, that was like the toughest shot on the whole course. And my, it was, my, I'll, I'll the, never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, did you hit that one? It, it, did you and Josh hit that one on that one cuz I know I blew it, up my it. arrow.
1: We hit it but we kind of deflected the tree slightly. That's right. That's so right. So it was 50, it was 55 yards and the deer was stuck between of of a, a tree that was split into two. So That's it was like right. a, a bead tree. And uh the vitals are right in between the V. But if if anybody you know shoots this, uh, this uh, at those distances, you know, 55 yards, you know, with a 0.19 pin, you know, you're basically covering your target mm-hmm. so um you kind of have to trust your float and really make you know take a nice just nice easy shot and uh to put it in there and you know you're kind of bouncing between those trees a little bit with when you're when your pins float so it gets a little nerve-wracking but yeah we, we we snuck them in there but we did graze the tree that's right that's i remember right. that yeah
0: nah, what a fun day that was man I, i'm looking forward to, to doing that one this year you heard it here from Jim right out of his mouth. We're also going to try to do total archer challenge. So we'll have to get in on, on that and, and try that again and figure out a day that we could do that and, and have some fun up there. So we'll we'll have to bring Josh with us to that one.
1: For sure.
0: You know, He has For to, sure. he has to experience that, but all right, dude. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about a little bit of gear. This will be a good one to kind of get into it before the new year. And, and if you're still going to be going out there late season have fun, enjoy it, and hopefully I'll be able to sneak out after the baby is here and, and get out for a day or two, or even before the baby's here, just to maybe fill one more one more tag, just to grind up some some deer meat and have some fun with it. So, dude, I appreciate you, man. Looking forward to uh, seeing you again here soon, bud.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, for anybody listening, you know, be sure to reach out to us, ask us questions uh, on gear. Love the we love having oh, those yeah. gear chats. We're we're a couple of gear junkies. <laughs> um, I do get some messages on occasion, you know, when you get close to season on arrow setups and bow setups and things of that sort, but anything from clothing to, you know, um, you know, stuff for your gearbox, like your toolbox, you know, whatever. Uh, am I love to bounce ideas off people. I've, I've, I've learned a lot of what I have and a lot of equipment I have from other people yep. online. So, yeah. um, yeah, what's, what's keep that coming?
0: What's your Instagram handle? So people know
1: uh Keystone underscore precision underscore archery There it
0: is. Not not the Gunsmith one. That was just a joke.
1: <laughs> no, we could we might have to switch that up though. If I shoot one more buck in a row with a gun and PA, I might have to just switch it. <laughs> How about keystone, it? Keystone Keystone Precision Rifles or something.
0: Yeah, I like it, man. All right, everybody. Thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate you, man. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to the, to you listening. Hopefully, you have a, a healthy Happy new year coming up. We'll have a fun episode next week. We got Cody Jenkins on the podcast. We talk a lot about a little bit about hunting, but we also talk about just being a better human, better man, and really excited for you all to to listen to that one. Cody's a guy that just gets after it. And I really appreciate his insight on the information he shared. Jim, I appreciate you sharing all your gear stuff and I hope you guys enjoy this one. If you want to hear more things like this, or other topics of how we can improve on it just let us know man just like jim said shoot us messages when it comes to questions anything along those lines we're just like you man we just love talking hunting and gear and all that stuff so enjoy happy new year merry christmas all that fun stuff we'll see you next week everybody and we up Thanks for listening
1: to this episode of the Antler Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and go wild and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then, Antler Up.